tonight on Rogue Padrian reunions and de unions. Fuck. <laughs> this just made me think of like Goofy saying fuck like the yucky, yucky, yucky. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's like uh, a meager already got ass. Everything is fine. It's fine. It's so fine. Just fine. Fine. It's fine. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six, standing by. Rogue Seven, standing by. Rogue Nine, standing by. Rogue Three, standing by. listeners welcome to season 20 mission 7 episode probably 160 of rogue padron tonight we are going over chapter 17 through 19 in alphabet squadron colon victory's price aka the consequence of conquest um, by look i'm running out of synonyms okay it's getting tough alexander freed aka shadow sun um we took a week off last time, so before we jump in to some hot Star Wars goss, uh, here's a quick reminder of your hosts. Hot Star Wars goss should be the name of our new spinoff podcast. Hot Star Wars goss. Once we finish reading every Star Wars book. Yeah, we'll get that. That's when I'm 80. Um, if Heath Rogue 3 was a stall at the farmer's market... <laughs> He'd be an artisanal spirit slash wine booth that would get more and more rowdy with trying to get sales as the morning went on because he'd be making drinks to show off how good the product is and then be a little bit tipsy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Ash, Rogue Nine, would be the organic slash all-natural small batch handcrafted pet treats and pet toys booth because they end up making those types of things anyway for their own pups. So like, why not make some money? And also does some Tetris tables on the side. I love, those are my favorite kinds of booths. Tetris table booths. Tetris table booths. Tetris table booths, yeah. Yeah. Saf, Rogue Seven, would have a little garden booth, but she'd have a really hard time making any sales because she would give them too much made up information about the plant. (laughs) (laughs) And people, and then you would either like not, you wouldn't want to sell it to them in the end because you got too attached, or they just would be done with this, whatever this is. Oh, you're really right. I'd have a bunch of little ugly baby plants that I'd get really attached to them if someone tried buy one. I'd be like, actually, no, that's mine now. Right. Actually, wait. You can't take Beatrix away. And it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) 
Danny Rook Six would be the booth that has yarn and blankets and cuts of meat and bones and feathers and every usable part of an animal for sale because they respect animals very much while we still use them. But the animals are dead? Yeah. I mean, I would hope so because they're in there in pots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sad. Well. (laughs) But also I appreciate the dedication that I have made in this alternate universe (laughs) (laughs) to using all of the parts. Yeah. And I'm Meg, rug leader, and I would be the smoke meat stand because I don't know, I'm a hot meat. I'm <laughs> yeah, you're smoking, and it would be meat cute. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying my best here. I'm I smoking, and I would like a meat cute. cute with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works. Well done, everyone. Thanks. We did so good. Speaking of meat cutes, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we found out in the last couple of weeks that uh, Din Djurin, our boy, uh, is going to be appearing in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, so what other of the, star- the new Star Wars shows that are coming out, what other show should have an inexplicable Mando cameo? Uh, all of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to see him everywhere. And also him and Boba Fett. I want all of the Mandalorians to just for some reason pop into every other show. Well, I hate that. Um, okay, no, not Bo-Katan, actually. She can, she can stay in the Mandalorian. It's fine. I would, I would like for them to surprise, um, treat us with a new Ewok show, and then Dindajarn can show up there. Because at this point in time, I can't really think of the other Star Wars shows. <laughs> yeah, I kind of have that issue as well. Um, I asked the question and I'm still like, wait, what were the Star Wars shows again? Uh, I hope, I hope, um, who was the, who's the Mandalorian who got a name even though he shouldn't have? Because oh, Axe Woves? Axe Woves. I hope Axe Woves ends up in the Kenobi show. And <laughs> yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi to be like, your name is Axe Woves. And just, what? <laughs> I love that. That's all I want. I want um, I want Din Djarin to inexplicably be in um, Snoke's pickled cloning chamber <laughs> in the Snoke origin story TV series because I thought you were going to ask us about Luke's severed hand and I really wanted to bring that into the conversation. <laughs> I Luke's severed hand! I can't believe you forgot about Luke's severed hand! <laughs> Since so much stuff has happened. Yeah, st- there's always something happening in Star Wars. I- I really so like many... the idea of Didiger being in the background of every series and also like re-editing the movie so he's somewhere like in all the important events of all the movies as well. And also like when we get the Acolyte, which is supposed to be set like 200 years ago, like he's there too. Don't worry about it. Like he just, he was there. And he's not it, like the, a participant. Is, he's just, right. He's just, he's yeah. just there. The twi- yeah. And the twist is he's, he's immortal and it's never explained. No. Yeah. We, we never, there's never this big moment of like, oh, he's immortal because he's this all part, like, He's just immortal, and he's just everywhere all the time. Yeah, and, and he's insignificant, but, like, all of the plot of all those movies hinges on a thing that he does without realizing it. So he's, like, he's, like, the butterfly that flaps his wings <laughs> and then causes a tsunami across the ocean. Like, we all think it's- that Jar Jar was the one who went in there and made the vote of no confidence, but Jar Jar is scared of public speaking, and the only reason that he 
went in there and made that speech in the first place was because he was at a cantina earlier sitting next to Din and Din bought him a drink because Din's a nice guy. And the next thing you know, Emperor Palpatine. He's bought him a drink, handed him a script. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Din can't public speak. No, no, Din, no. He, he encourages other people to do it. He didn't, didn't have do. to. He didn't yeah. have to. He just had to pour a charger a drink. And next thing you know, we've got a fascist supremacy for 20 right. years. Thanks a lot, Din. He can't probably <laughs> speak, but he knows who has to. And he knows how to get them. Yikes. But that's the thing. See, he doesn't. Why... He has no idea. He just he, he has no idea. Pour this guy a drink at the bar. This is why I think Din is going to be a great Mandalore, because the poor boy does not know how to, like, do most things, but he's really good at getting people to like him. Yeah, he is <laughs> very, lo- he's very endearing. He's just, like, the nicest guy, and then people are does like, yeah, look, sure, I'll help you. I'll risk my life to help you. Jedi to you? Like, <laughs> he's so dumb. I love him. It's, honestly, his energy is exactly what I want in life, to be really stupid, but everyone loves me. I want Din to show up in no Obi Wan. Just have a conversation with Obi Wan, <laughs> completely unrelated to things going on. Just like, oh, how's the, how's the hyperspace lanes? I don't know. <laughs> hyperspace lanes. <laughs> You've never made knows? small talk before, have you? <laughs> That's a decent Obi Wan. Thank you. I've been working <laughs> on my British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of British accents, I guess, let's get on to chapters 17 to 19 of this book. When totally fine things happen, extremely more so than usual. Yeah, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Last time on Alphabet Squadron. Erica Quell finds herself stranded on a strange planet with her old squadmates and helps repair the Ewing so they can return to the Deliverance. When they finally arrive back to find Chidawa saved, she is welcomed home yep, by General Sadula. Chastna Chadak doesn't understand what the fuck is going on and she's confused by Quell and Kairos' weird relationship. She's detoxing from her cult and struggling once again with the idea of a future beyond the war. Nath Tencent returns to the Deliverance to find Willlock alive but injured. He finds him in the mid-bay and finally loses his cool. Woolark awakens Tanath at his side and finally admits that he's made his choice to go home. Kairos crash lands his ship on her home planet and finally reveals some of herself to her squadmates. She has been contaminated by the Empire and by her friend's desire to keep her alive and can no longer return to her people. Quell and Chess help her build an effigy for her old shell and they go home together. Colonel Catman Soren Keys returns to the Yadis now that Madrigas devoting his people it, people's energies towards being fucking babies and attacking the enemies of their enemies, Hera and her buddies. After the Sith ship, tragically lacking any zombies, has entered the hangar cavity, dickhead Soren Keys takes the Yadis and leaves to join the Imperial armies of Jakku, believing in his heart that they're all damned to Hades. Hades, nicely done. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. The captain is greeted by a very chalice, looking far more rested than he has ever seen her before. She hesitates, clearly surprised to see him. How did he find Part her? three. How did he know hmm? where she was? Don't worry. Don't worry about also it. Also surprised that the captain is here because he's not in this book. <laughs> he's doing his own thing, okay? Look. <laughs> I do love the idea of a second Twilight Company novel just happening side by side with this. <laughs> 
But it's it's literally just Namir doing around like going his errands. Yeah, it's just Namir just... doing Namir things. Yeah, bitching about being stuck in an asteroid for a whole book. Part three: stages of a trial by ordeal. Chapter seventeen: Augury. Or, I don't know how to say this word. Augury and signs. <laughs> <clears throat> Quill is home, and it's a fucking star destroyer, which is weird as hell. Her endless examination by the medical droid gives her time to think about what Kairos had whispered to her in the hangar. You are my sister, but your crimes are not forgotten. S- sister? Yeah, maybe like Nathan Willa brothers. Ayo! <laughs> Ayo! Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> When she'd arrived, she hadn't recognized most of the ground crew, though she had noticed Ragnar, who'd seen where she'd seared off her ab squad tattoo. We like Ragnar. Let's just take a moment to appreciate the engineer holding this entire battle group together, who's also a heavily tattooed badass. Let's drink to that. Cheers Fuck to Ragnar. Cheers to Ragnar. Yeah, I Fuck have to admit, Ragnar is a characters that I never like committed to memory, and so now she's suddenly like, very significant in these last chapters, and I'm like, oh, great, Ragnar, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> she's great. Um, Thank you for being responsible. <laughs> yeah, I love her. Uh, Fuck the sleeping pillows kicking in hard. Let's go, go, go. <laughs> Only Quell- 27 pages to go, Sleeping Bill. You could do it. <laughs> Quell has returned to a change squadron and battle group. Nath is a hero now with two medals. The droid finally finishes its examination and tells her she can get dressed now. Hera comes in and asks if it's a good time. Quell immediately gets to her feet and snaps straight, surrendering herself. Hera laughs and is like, thanks, but you're already captured. She asks if Quell's aware that she's likely facing life imprisonment, etc. And Quell's like, yes. And then Hera says, are you aware that I don't personally take betrayal very well? Yes, General. It was not my intention to betray you, General. Oh, boy. <clears throat> There's something here about like Hera intent. Hera is the last person in the galaxy that you'd want to piss off. <laughs> because she'd, no. she'd pull the, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, oh yeah, she's definitely pulling down Quell. Any day over Hera just like being mad at me with love. Right. Yeah. Hera just looking at you and then just sighing and shaking her head slowly. I can hear it in my head. Oh. (laughs) You fucked up. Like, I love you so much, but you're a dumbass like that. Yep. Yep. Hera sits on the bed and Quell joins her. Hera tells her to tell her what happened. Quell just wants to lie down in the cool middle floor and honestly, Sam Quell, God, I'll lie on the floor so bad right now. <clears throat> Quell opens up about how Adan's files had gaps, things she lied about even after he learned about Cinder. Hera's like, okay, she's gone into mum mode now. She asks if what really happened at Necronus is why Quell went back to Shadowwing and Quell says yeah and that she needs to explain Soren Keys and her whole story, which she does. She doesn't leave out anything relevant or anything that might incriminate her. She's accepted her actions. Upon leaving the planetoid, she realized that the 204th was still lingering and in in Cerberon. Um, and the New Republic probably wasn't all that keen on her return to service, so she made what she thought was a smart decision at the time, infiltrating the 204th. Hera realizes it was Quell sending the signals. She asks her what it was like, so Quell does. She admits it when she announced herself when she'd flown. She'd done it, hoping to avert an avert unnecessary losses and that she could give them a better opportunity later she eventually tells Hera about the messenger and the mission to Nestalik for the retrieval of the messenger's data she admits she sent the data to keys even after her team had turned on her 
She doesn't say much about what happened with Chas and Kairos for their privacy. Hera is not worried about what happened between the three of them, but she can tell that Quell is leaving something out. What was the data from the droid? Quell can't tell her that. Hera's like, please consider your position. Consider it in order. But nope, Quell won't tell her. You have, like, if I'm Quell in this situation, like, that information gets shared within seconds. Like, Sweating fucking bullets. Yeah, Quell is bold here. Like, I gotta give her that. Not it's smart. I don't know if That's I agree not. with her decision here to not tell Hera, but bold. Here's bold, the information. But oh, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the brightest. She's really smart, but she's really dull. Mm. Hera asks her what. Yep. <laughs> Quell asks her. Nope. Hera asks her why, and Quell admits that she's not sure it's the right thing to do. Hera laughs because it's hard to argue with. Before she can continue, though, she gets called away to the assembly room. She tells Quell she'll be back and to think about it. Quell th- sits back and lets herself kind of relax because she fucking needs it. No one comes to take her away, so she gets up and paces down the med bay, which is mostly empty. Then she reaches a bed with a person she recognizes. Will Lark. He looks like <gasps> shit. <laughs> she says his name and he sits up. She kneels beside his bed, her legs weak. She's really emotional. She tells them she was sending the signals. She'd brought them to Shadowing so they could stop them. She tells herself to leave Will alone, but she can't. He reassures her that they did save Chidawa. She congratulates him for being in command now. She asks what happened to him, and he says he was stupid but lucky in challenging Keys, and the bombers got most of the beating. As he speaks, Quell's emotional barrier starts crumbling. Her eyes stung, and she felt tears slide down her cheeks, tried to pinch back each one and failed. She's so fucking sorry for leaving him like that. He says it's okay. These things happen in war. They sit together for a while, saying nothing. She's been crushed by grief. She didn't need him to accept her, but she wasn't ready to go. He finally asks her a question. Why did Keyes walk away, and why did he come back? She tells him her belief that Soren hoped to show others that they could walk away from an unwinnable war. And then while he was gone, he realized that nobody could really leave. He said that to accept justice is to sacrifice every soldier who remains alive at the altar of rebel justice. Will wonders that even though Keyes' goal with leaving didn't work, maybe it was still the right thing to do. He settles back into bed and says thank you. And she says thank you right back at him before leaving. <clears throat> that bit definitely got me tearing up a bit. Kills me. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really upset. I'm upset. <laughs> Nath has only flown two Y-Wings in his life. The first one didn't last long, probably because it was a Y-Wing, and his current one may be a piece of shit, but it's kept him alive this long. Because of T5. Because of T5. (laughs) Even though he let the ground crew go over after the last fight, he's now crawling all over himself to double-check everything. His ship is the only thing keeping him from dying out there, after all. T5 pops up and harasses him, then it eventually mentions Quell, and he admits that he's glad she's alive. He knows Quell got a raw deal. He and Adan had actually known about her crimes at Necronis and said nothing. He could have done more for her when her secrets had been revealed to the squadron and probably would have if not for those rat bastards in shadowing. I love that. I love that insult. Um, He has no beef with her. Hell, she even has a wicked sense of humor when she lets her guard down, but it's going to make things complicated now that she's back. T5 reminds him that he's got a date with Chess, but not the good kind of date. He finishes up and asks one of the new ground crew, the redhead with the vocabulator, if she's seen Chess, and she relays that Chess had gone off to shoot something. Classic chess. When in doubt, he finally asks us. When in doubt, gone off to shoot something. It's true. Yeah, it's true. 
He finally asked this new gal her name, said she's been around since Cerberon. She's Kaura Spring. Bless her and her easy name. That was optimistic, Seth. <laughs> Kaura. 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 <clears throat> spring is easy. Let's just call her Spring. <laughs> Nath tracks down Chess in the sanitation ring, so- shooting trash on the conveyor. Oh my god, Freed wrote it conveyor. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, the book has conveyor spelt wrong. I just wanted to point that out. This is also an ARC, so it's probably fixed now. Um, (laughs) The conveyor belt to the garbage compactor. Chess points out that all the targets on the range are non-human. Boom! Mm, We need to think about that, New Republic. We need to think about that. Hey, okay. What's going on there? This is a Star Destroyer to begin with, but also she's not wrong. And then you're probably probably does the same thing. You can reprogram that shit. Like, yeah. hmm, hmm. I don't think they've had time, Meg. (laughs) I think they've had time. (laughs) He asks how she's doing and she's fine because she's not in custody or anything. They're pretty sure on piles, which is probably why. Nath points out that her wing commander is also in the med bay and she has a decency to look embarrassed because she abandoned the battle. He wants payback for her ditching them before such a harsh battle, but he also promised Fool to talk to her and help her, so he goes for a compromise. Let's get a drink. Jatho Mia's got a contraband stash, and someone's got to do the hard job of getting rid of it. Mm. Now we have a dramatic reading. You know I don't care a whit about your religion, right? He said. All that chanting you've been doing in the cockpit, weird medallions... I grew up next door to a singing disciple of the Gap. It takes a lot to get on my nerves. Her body went rigid and she fixed cold eyes on him even as she sipped. So why are you bringing it up? She asked. Because, come on, sister, you're smarter than you pretend and I know a job when I see you one. You don't know what you're talking about. She said, and with that, Nath knew she was his. If she'd been going to break a ball over his skull, that had been her opportunity. Sure I do. I've got my fingers in all sorts of places now pulled up the New Republic intelligence files on that cult of yours, along with their leader. What's her name? Tiji? What about her? She was feigning boredom and staring at the tool shelf behind Nath's head. New Republic's finally getting its hands on some of the old security databases, the ones the Empire didn't purge anyway. Visual search matches Tiji's face. A few alterations aside, all the way back to the old Republic. Woman's lived a busy life. Done everything from running speakeasies to counterfeiting to acting as an unlicensed advocate. Must have ended up at Cerberon not too long ago. Decided founding a cult was her latest scam. Her head started to swivel back toward him and he cut her off before she could speak. Look, I know you know all this. Maybe not the particulars, but you've seen too much of this guard delude yourself. You're sticking with the cultists because you figure it gives you options after the war's done, right? Maybe a place to squeeze out a few credits. I get it. Believe me, but... He leaned forward and put his ball on the crate between them, lowering his voice. Titch doesn't have a great track record when it comes to follow-through. If she did, she'd be rich by now, instead of caught six times over. You want a good scam, though? You let me know. I can find you some great ones. He'd pushed hard enough, and Chess brought her bottle down, swinging it wide to knock his ball off the crate. The fallen container cracked without shattering, bleeding a trickle of amber onto the deck. Really don't need your advice. She muttered. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you're doing great. You're doing great. Really don't need your advice. She muttered. But yeah, never meant it as a permanent thing. Wasn't right for me anyway. Her hand was shaking. She wiped on her knee to hide it. Neth felt a pity pleasure at her discomfort. Didn't mean to stick my nose in. He said with a shrug. 
Plenty of other options for Wily Yuleen. Yeah. She repeated. Maybe I can get a pilot job working for some rich guy who wants an exotic species to show off. Sure. Fits your temperament. Or open a veterans bar somewhere like Troyth. Place that saw plenty of action. Messy enough to be cheap. Animal wrangler. Beastmaster. I've got tough skin. Join a crooked circus. Learn plasma eating. Rob people after shows. Lots of options. Lots of options. Her words came rapidly. She didn't smile through any of it. Hell. He said. I don't think any of us really know what we're doing after. Anyone who says different is deluding themselves. She shrugged. Well, maybe we won't have to worry about it anyway. He almost replied. Then she was standing, trying to pick her way through the debris on the floor to reach the door. I need to sleep, okay? She said. Been a long trip. He could have left it there. He'd done his job, given her the nudge she needed, and it had been easier than he'd expected. Like, she'd been right on the verge already. But some days, his capacity to read people felt like a curse, and he heard a harshness in her voice that reminded him of the woman he'd met before Pandem Night. He wondered if he'd overcorrected. He didn't think so. Hey. He called as she stepped into the doorway. He was operating on instinct now, conscious mind two steps behind. I just wanted to look at you again. <laughs> What's that meme? <laughs> oh, with, with the Lady Gaga. Hey. <laughs> yeah. He called as she stepped into the doorway. I just wanted to see your face again. <laughs> that pilot shortage you mentioned? Don't get yourself killed before the next mission is over. Going off with Kairos, you owe me. You owe Will. Screw you, hero. She was out of the maintenance room and the door sliding shut. He called. You know it's true, you hear me? He clambered to his feet and held the door open. You need someone to shoot you, you come to me after. But you owe me a replacement bomber pilot. He heard her cursing as she walked away. Fucking fucking chicken nap tangents podcast fucking hell fucking. Ness sighed and began to clean up spilled ale. Did Chas just curse podcasts? I think so. <laughs> Specifically the Nathless Traveled podcast. Oh yeah, 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 that's fair, that's fair. He'd done his job. It wasn't his fault if killing Chas the cultist brought the return of Chas the martyr. Though like everything about Alphabet, it might end up his problem to solve. One. Oh, who's the real martyr here, Nath? One, Nath. <laughs> uh, but Nath ended up as, like, the squad dead and also the hero, and he's just like, God fucking damn it! He's hardly a hero. Mm-hmm. He's He was a weekend fun dad who mm. got made into a full-time dad, and he's pissed about it. He's so mad, <laughs> but he's also a really good dad, and he's mad about that, too. He's an adequate father. I mean, <laughs> considering the scope of dads in Star Wars, he's a pretty good dad. If we're going on the Star Wars scale of fathers, he's an excellent dad. Yeah, he's a great dad. Also, I just want to say, your Neth is always so good. Um, I got one, I got one voice. (laughs) I also also don't believe that Nath really knows when the only opportunity in a conversation is to be hit over the head with a bottle. I feel like (laughs) that came close over the head with a bottle a lot. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I think he would have accepted if she'd hit him over the head. Okay. Yeah. He, he was like, like yeah. either either this is going to work or she's going to hit me over the head with a bottle and she's going to feel better for the head. Yeah. He's like, been this like, is the oh, price. I got to get, get her out of the cult. If it means I get my head hit over with a bottle, like, fine. It's fine. It's war state time, which is a weird way to put it, Seth. Admiral Jal Akbar announces that the imp fleet is officially in Jakku. 
He's here, baby. Uh, he also waves a holographic fin, which is great. Uh. Here is dealing with her emotions about the final battle coming on. The Senate has refused to authorize invasion so far, but Chancellor Mothma is determined to get the approval through, so they're tasked with making a strike plan. <clears throat> the Elder Kraken is here, and also Hororte, her Hororte every time. The the Bothan that we've decided. Yeah. Um, there's war stuff, whatever, who cares? Ness slips in and sits near her where Will would normally be. She asks how soon the squadrons can be ready to fly, Flair and Will are wild, are they're okay, I guess, mm. but they're really short on bombers now. <clears throat> then Hera steps up to speak. They can at least be confident that Jakku is a trap, at least in part. I really wish I had thought this through one moment. Just discuss, just discuss Nath for a second there. Um, Nath really needs to stop. Uh, that's <laughs> <why I> really- <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. I think I think this was a rough set of chapters for Nath specifically. Yeah, it's uh, he's like he's done the best job of like holding himself together through everything, and it's it's catching up to him fast. Yeah, oh, it really is. Yeah, <sighs> boy's trying his damn best. He, he is, um, but oof, he's he could. Do- Mm. I don't want to say he could do better because I don't think he can because uh, he's doing the best he knows how but yeah. like uh, buddy uh, you can't really think that everyone's just gonna do what you think that they should do when they're all hurting <laughs> and confused and like they're gonna keep fucking up um, and that's what we need to accept yeah all right so Hera's Hera's like is yeah it's a little trap at least in part but she says we should do it because we've been promised an end to this war for a year and I don't know if anyone has the strength to fight for another we do this while we have the heart and while we have a real chance of victory Hera loves her speeches Hera gets asked if they have reason to believe the 204th won't be there she doesn't tell them about Quell. She wants a better sense of who Quell has become before giving her up to New Republic bureaucracy. Nath steps up to say that if the Tour Force joins the fleet over Jakku, they're not going to coordinate well with it because they're kind of just <laughs> idiosyncratic. They're doing their own thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the alphabet squadron <laughs> of the Empire. <laughs> They'll either be a weak point or they do their own little thing. Akbar then assigns a deliverance to the attack, but prepares, but tells them to prepare to engage the Tour Force with their present. Victory is in sight. It's so fucking close. But victory always has a price. Thanks, Freed, for putting that in there. She, she did, did the thing. thing. She <laughs> said the thing. They did. The no, thing. I, I'm quoting. I'm quoting. I'm quoting Shadowson. He did the thing. Oh, sorry. I guess because it was Harris' perspective for this section, right? Yeah. So I was thinking that Harris. Oh yeah, Harris did the thing. Harris did, did the thing. Yeah. Harris did the thing. Freed did the thing. Staff did the thing. The thing happened. Everyone it did happened. happened. So Quell is on her bunk in an unlocked cell with no guard. She has her freedom, but where the fuck would she go? <laughs> so she hangs out on her bed. She misses her sessions with Ito, and to be honest, she's at the point now where she's just going to fucking try to do a mental session with her memory of Ito. And to be fair, her memory is very good. She has a brief flashback of meeting Ito, and then I got really emotional about that and cried a little bit. Yeah, this was sad. I was like, oh, we're flashing back to her meeting Ito. Oh, now we're hallucinating Ito is still there. Yeah, it's yep. bad. It's bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's rough when you're still processing the death of your torture slash therapy droid. From <laughs> yeah. More than 400 pages all those, ago. All those needles. <laughs> oh, I really miss she the needles. Has, 
she has a therapy session with herself and her imagined Edo. It's actually pretty good therapy as far as things go. Edo <laughs> points out a pretty important realization that once Quell had accepted that she was worthy of existence and moving forward, she could no longer deny her former comrades the same worth and dignity. So no wonder she's been struggling so much to deal with that. She comes out of it asking Irido just to tell her what to do. Irido asks her what she wants. She wants to save lives. Damn good therapy. She leaves her cell and looks up at a security camera. She wants to talk to Alphabet Squadron. Saf, can you say Irido just a few more times? Irido. I, I thought Irido. you were saying Dorito. Dorito. <laughs> no, we already have a Dorito. Dorito's on the other ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, we have a Dorito sick- here? <laughs> yes. This one Chapter... is cool ranch. <laughs> I don't think Erica's even been Erica cool. Erica is not cool and has never been to a ranch in her life. <laughs> That's true. She's never been to a ranch. <clears throat> ranch. No, we say ranch here. Never mind. Um... <laughs> the ranch. Ranch. <laughs> ranch. Um, chapter eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Call to the place of judgment. No. <laughs> it's I judgment don't time. like it. I don't like it. Reunion time. They're all together again. F Squad is in one room. Chess is teasing Will. Kairos is being Kairos off in the corner, staying away from the ventilation ducts. She's wearing a poncho. It's so cute. Neth ambles over to Quell and drops his bulk into the seat next to her. He guesses she's bringing trouble. Oh, yeah, baby. He asks her how she's holding up. She admits that she's a fucking wreck, and he laughs because he doesn't doubt it. She, he tells her she's a survivor, and he's always admired her for it. Hera arrives and says that she doesn't know any more than the rest of them. Quell's here to brief them, and they're going to listen. Quell steps up and composes herself. She knows what Soren Keys is planning. She knows nothing about what the Imperial fleet is doing and can't help win the war, but what Keyes is doing is important. Keyes thinks the soldiers of the Empire are doomed, surrender or not, and he thinks they deserve better. That's his whole motivation. Now she finally tells them about her mission on Netalik. Netalik. Keyes had figured out the Emperor's messenger must have had access to a massive database, and he was right. The databank is filled with information recorded with about every Imperial, from trivial to literally every single crime every person has ever committed. That's bad. Uh, <clears throat> yep. You couldn't work as a damn file clerk without being complicit in something. That's how the Empire worked, how it was meant to work. You serve, and sooner or later, everyone does something to stain their conscience. The Emperor was coll- collecting all of it. He was tracking how far we'd all fallen. Why? I don't know, maybe Palpy was just a pity bitch. Yes. <laughs> so, where's the data bank? Where the fuck else? It's on Coruscant. Stretching beneath the Imperial Palace all the way down to the Verity District. It's a big chunk of land, and by land I just mean, like, whatever. There's no land on that planet anymore. <clears throat> if the Empire falls at Jakku, Coruscant won't be too far behind. If the New Republic gets the databank, they will be able to hunt down every single person who had been in the Empire and done something bad, which is every single Imperial. And if the Empire wins, somehow, they'll use the databank to keep Imperial soldiers in line because nobody will defect if they know those files could get leaked to the New Republic. Keyes intends on destroying the databank. Kairos says he intends violence. 
The palace isn't exactly residential, but the undercity is filled with civilians, and a data bank of that size is not going to be small. Kiev will try to keep casualties down, but he'll do whatever he can to destroy the data bank, even if there is collateral damage. Quell wants to take Absquad Coruscant to stop Keys. Now that she's put all of that out there, she feels at peace with her decision. The others start to discuss the logistics, but Nath points out that Quell said Keys probably won't tell her to her fourth about all this. So will he be doing it alone? Maybe. She says that he won't want them soiled by his act of treason. So the rest of the unit's probably going to be at Jakku. Hera points out that they've never had a clean win against Shadowing, and if the two or fourth will be at Jakku, she's not sure she wants to have Ab Squad there too. What? No, she's not sure she wants to not have Ab Squad there too. Thanks, me. <clears throat> she's going. <laughs> Thanks, me, for writing that like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, she's going to think it over and speak with her superiors and have a decision for them within the next few hours. She leaves, and after Quell's gaze lingers on Chess, Quell also leaves. Notice that. We all saw that, Quell. Yeah, we all, we all saw that, Quell. Okay. The scene was good. Uh, this was intense. This whole thing was just like, yeah. I like this was, I mean, it's all a page turner, but I was like flying through because I was like, I want to know mm. what the big reveal is. Oh, cool. They have every single detail on every single person in the galaxy, and it takes up the entire Undercity of Coruscant. Great. It's bad. That yeah. one's bad. Yeah. Thanks, pal, you fucker. How do, where did he have time for all this shit? <sighs> like, when did he have time to develop a surveillance system that was able to, like, know if you sneezed any the exact timestamp and location at which it happened? Right. Like, it, it, it would have to take so much forethought to think that you're going to do this thing. I mean, Palpatine has a, had a lot of forethought for everything. Man, Honestly, I hate to say it, but Palpatine's productivity goals. Yeah, no, he is. He's actually like he's devoted. He puts a lot of work in. He gets yep. the job done. Like I, I hate, hate it. So that's, that's why he's such a. That's why he's such a scary it. villain. He, he's, he's actually to fucking his plan. competent. He sticks I'm, it out. I'm really upset by that because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> And I would love to have forethought and be able to execute my plan. <laughs> I would love to have forethought for once in my fucking life. You should go to a webinar with Palpatine. Oh. Palpatine oh. runs a productivity seminar for the You know Empire. what? I could make I a would go seminar to that. about that. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to think on it. Yeah, think on that. Kyle doesn't blame any of her old squad mates for not trusting her. She'd never built the bond she'd wanted back, to, back when they were still a full squadron. Sad face. Will runs after her and says her name. Dramatic reading time. Will Lark said her name as she turned. He looked as if he'd run to catch up with her. I won't be long. He said. Can you talk a minute? She almost laughed. He was treating her like his commander instead of a prisoner. Whatever time you need. They faced each other and Lark, now that he had her, appeared not to know what to do about it. She saw him glance down the corridor and check to see if anyone might overhear. She saw him square his shoulders and force himself to relax. I understand why you did everything you did. He said. I don't hold any sort of grudge or resentment. I know. She said, though she hadn't known until that moment. Lark couldn't offer her absolution, but it wasn't in his nature to seethe. He'd have said it to any member of Shadowing. She'd need to be satisfied with that. He nodded briskly. It's just, I wish you well. Really, I do. And under other circumstances, I'd follow you to Coruscant. I believe in your mission, and I believe you're doing the right thing. Mr. Lark. She said with a bitter laugh. Will. She could call him that now. 
I'm not going to hold a grudge against you for fighting with your squadron instead of me. That's not it. I I can't. He glanced about again, surreptitious. I've got a part to play here. You help me find it. You found your principles, and you've stuck by them, and I'd like to do the same. She didn't understand. She should have taken the compliment and let it drop, but there was something fatalistic about the way he spoke. Not everyone would agree with the principles that got me here. She said. They could be misguided. He acknowledged. So could mine, but we make our own choices and we stand by them. She still didn't understand, yet she realized with a brush of relief that if there was anyone the galaxy trusted, she trusted not to do evil, it was Warlock. Okay. She said. Good luck. It felt like a goodbye. Will reached out and took her wrist and palm in both hands, squeezing them gently. He smiled at her, sweet and somber, and after a moment he let go and turned away. She wondered what he was like as a commander and felt a stinging pride. And I didn't... I did pick pick all of the painful bits of dramatic readings. I I didn't know what that conversation meant until later, and now that I know what it means, it hurts so bad. Yep, yep. Yep, just hold on to this conversation in your hearts for when you read it a bit further on. <laughs> I would no. like to not hold on to this conversation in my heart. No. If I may. I would like to not hold on to many things that happened in these last chapters. <laughs> yeah. Let's go but back to things nice so things much to hold on to. Go back to when things are so much simpler and nicer and, and finer. Uh back in Shadow nope, back in uh, uh before these books existed when yeah. they were on that jedi that that one time they were at that jedi temple and had when a nice went, time yeah when they went camping right yeah yes, when they, they, they should go camping trip. more often team building camping trip yeah <laughs> they should have had more of those quill finds herself on a catwalk overlooking a vehicle bay finding comfort and watching maintenance workers and droids at work Hera approaches her and quill asks if there's no ground support in jakku nah they're not launching from the the deliverance. There's no captain here today. <laughs> sad face. I was clearly very sad about that. <clears throat> Hera's made. I got really excited because Quo mentioned infantry, and then Hera was like, "No, it wasn't um, about Namir." <laughs> I know, but I see the word infantry in a Star Wars book, and I'm like, "Is it the sixty first? Is no. it the sixty first? So I feel 61st. like every episode of this podcast, we have opportunity to make another Saf butterfly meme. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Twilight <laughs> Twilight is, Company? Is this Twilight Company? And it's just a di- the butterfly is a different thing every time. Every time. <laughs> um, Hera's made a decision. Mothma's personally sent a warning to Imperial authorities on Coruscant, but that probably can't do all that much, really. Ab Squad needs to be at Jakku to confront the 204th. She gets Quell to follow her onto her lift, and when they exit, they head towards the fighter bay. Hera says that their last resupply, she got a shock when she saw the inventory. She asks Ragnar where the surplus is. It's an X-Wing. It's a T-70 prototype and it Ooh. needs a pilot. And Hera can deploy it how she likes. So I don't know my ships, but is this like the first version of like Poe's slick Halloween style X-Wing? Is that what's happening here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure yes. Halloween yeah, style. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Orange and black. I like yeah. it. I like it. <laughs> I kind of love that Erica Quell was the first pilot of the eventual Resistance X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty neat. Hera's letting Quell go to Coruscant. She tells Quell that she needs to come back when she's done. She can't give her a whole squadron, but she's not going to send her alone. It's Kairos! Buddy road trip. Quell's like, great, could I have Will? No. 
great. Could I have Chas? No. Please, no. could I have Chas? No. Great. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll take Nathanson. No. No. Oh God, no, Hera, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> she thinks we're bonded now and also still wants to kill me. <laughs> it's Kairos. It's, it's been weird vibes ever since we went to her home planet. I just can we can we not? No, you're second thought. Now. Let let sword keys have the have the database. It's fine. <laughs> nope, you're bonded. Nope, it's the time to hang out together, and I'm very uh. excited about that. They don't have time to say goodbye to the squadron, but Hera's made sure that her squadron knows. I think she even calls him her squadron. Anyways, reading this bit. It's okay, Sindula whispered and reached out with both arms and pulling Quell close and tight. Quell finally got her hug. We needed this. We all needed like, this. What the fuck is this? What is happening? <laughs> it's a very awkward hug. What is, but she what is needed this? this. Why, why are your arms going around me like that? What is what that? Is what, that? Why? what are you doing right now? Ito never made me do this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is that what Ito was trying to do all those times with those needles? No! You were right to stay away from it. the needles. I love the idea that Ito's way of giving a hug is is by I stab poking <laughs> poking you with needles because they're a torture droid. It makes sense. It does make sense. Quell Why asks, are you running away from me? I'm just trying to love you. <laughs> Let me offer you love with my sharp instruments. Look, Ito was trying hugging. its best. Quell asks if she has permission to launch, and Hera grants it. She meets her new astromech, 4E, who's apparently been flying and repairing starfighters since the Clone Wars, and if this droid has ever been mentioned before, somebody please tell me. She only gets a glimpse of the droid, but she's certain that someone painted an Absquad crest on its chassis. It was Ragnar. It was Ragnar. Kairos' ship is filled with weapons and comms equipment because it's going to be fucking hard keeping contact with the fleet at Jakku, because it is very, very far away from Coruscant. She looks back, hoping to catch sight of Chess, but sees Nath instead. He must have seen her looking. Yeah, imagine that. What a disappointment. <laughs> like, try to look for like someone you kind of have a crush on, and then instead you see fucking Nath ten, and you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> great. Yes, Mom, really. can I take Chess on a trip and also be able to wave goodbye to Will on my way out? We have Chas on a trip and wave goodbye to Will on the way out at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just fucking Kyra. It's Kyra's in That didn't actually translate very well to a verbal meme, but it I hope you perfect, understand. This. I understood that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Will at home. We have, we have Will at home. home. It's because <laughs> it's, it's, it's planet. It's called home. Oh, wow. No, there's we, so many layers to this right. one. It's like, no, we met Will went. Oh, he's on politics yeah. right now, actually. You get that. <laughs> you get that. Nath has he two medals and is a war hero. I don't think that that's yeah, a consolation he's a hero. for us anymore. No, everyone else is like, no, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a dude. That guy? Him? <laughs> him? He doesn't want those medals. He doesn't want those medals. He must have seen her looking because he straightened his back and snapped a salute in her direction, which I do love. I love that. <clears throat> Shadowing is now at Jakku, and, uh, but Keyes isn't staying here long. Lieutenant Dorita has taken a chance to show to Jakku to tell her sister's husband that she died, so... <laughs> yep. There's a lot of layers to that as well. Yeah, there is. 
Tiso Bruch, because apparently Bruch is a first name, I guess, arrives at the conference room, which is actually just a refrigeration unit. <laughs> Welcome aboard the fucked up ship. <clears throat> Tiso Bruch, as of 1400 hours, will take full command of the 204th. Bruch isn't an idiot. He knows Soren isn't being promoted to fleet command, obviously. <laughs> Bruch warns him that if he deserts again, nobody will welcome him back a second time. Soren promises what he's doing is an absolute service to the unit. Bruch laughs and tells him that Grandma would have put him in a cell for this. Great. Thanks, me. Well, um, Grandma's <clears throat> not here. Grandma's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, imagine Sorg saying that as like trying to be like a sexy, snappy comeback. (laughs) Grandma's not here. (laughs) Grandma's not here. Bruce is like, are you coming on to me? (laughs) Yeah, like what? Hold on. Um, I think Bruce has been waiting for that moment this entire time. Yeah, Yeah. Bruce missed him. Bruce missed him. Um, I'm going to read this whole bit because it's, great it's classic who are great. we to stop you these days yeah <laughs> this is soren uh showing brush around these everyone. days as if we haven't been doing alphabet potter for the last 13 years of our lives <laughs> yeah it feels like it's been forever um <clears throat> the ideas were small and there was little for soren to show brush that the man didn't already know but it was the only farewell soren would be permitted and he'd earn the indulgence he paused often to speak to the crew or the pilots he praised Takana's performance in the war games, noted to the ground crews that the Ion Trail was left by one of the ties from Squadron 1. He drew aside Alcor Miro and told him he'd never forgotten his promise to the old engineer made years before. Looked to where Richton had sat during meals and took a moment to mourn and consider how to convey a message to the youth's relatives on Coralag. He found Starja and Fish arguing over the coming battle and gently separated them, making a note to speak with each later. Fish, in particular, would rightly bristle at Bruce's promotion, but while Fish had the experience to lead the unit, he liked Bruce's compassion for his people. Fish was a good soldier. Together, he and Soren would remember Gablerone, and Fish would understand. Brebton had, in a reclusive way, struggled since returning from Quell's mission to Nedalek, and Soren sent Bruce away and spoke with her for the better part of an hour. He could console her, strengthen her, if not heal her. When Bruce returned, they resumed their tour, and Soren laughed as they came upon two of Wisp's pilots, Chiroy and Gargovic, half-naked and entangled in a storage closet. Colonel Neuris would have disciplined them, and once Soren would have done the same, romantic entanglements inevitably cause complications. But times had changed so very much. There was no point encouraging detachment now. I largely read all that just for the names, but also because um, Chiroy yeah, like- and Gargovic. Imagine making out with Gar- somebody called Gargovic. <laughs> Um, we've all made out with her. <laughs> we've all made out with a guy. We've all been there. Who among <laughs> us? Um, I know you're saying fish, but it definitely just fish all the time. Yeah, it's I know. Like, I don't know how to fix minute, that. It took me a minute to be like, who the fuck is Colonel Fish? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Fish. I, I don't even know how to fix that, honestly. No, it's fine. I understood. <laughs> it's just my mind immediately jumps to fish. Yeah, fair enough. Soren has a gift for Bruce. They really are. Um, some fucking secret, I guess. They're not going to tell us right now, but it might help at Jakku if Ibsqual comes to them. I guess that's probably some kind of weapon. <clears throat> Nienvez interrupts to tell him there's a party going on. I really love all the names of the tour fourth. Like, they're fucking perfect. <laughs> they go together to the party. Mm. Soren lingers at the edges, believing this will be the last time he sees his fucked up people. 
He wants to stay with them so bad. He tells Bansu Ro, there's nothing wrong with grieving the fallen, but you served your comrades and there is no shame in that. Uh, I don't know about that one, Soren. I see where you're coming from, but I don't know about Soren, that. Soren, there's some shame in Project Cinder and also Project Cinder <laughs> Take Two. Like, you have some things to be ashamed of. Yeah, there's some shame there, man. He finds Bruce and tells him to keep them alive no matter what happens. Then he gets into a tie retrofitted with a hyperspace docking ring and jupes off for Coruscant. He thinks he's so cool. He thinks he's so cool. Chapter 19, <laughs> Revelations of the Accused. Mm, don't like it. The flight to Coruscant is long and Quell spends the first few hours re-familiarizing herself with the X-Wing's controls, which are slightly different in the t 70 It reminds her of returning home to Gavana Oracle. What the fuck? <laughs> to Gavana Orbital for the first time after enlisting. The same but different. Eventually she tries talking to Kairos. I found where I put the ex- I found where I put the fucked up fuck. Did you stick three of these <laughs> in here notes. this week? Uh this four. <clears throat> yeah, I know. There's a lot. How am I supposed to go with four different musics? I'm sorry. When we get there, Quell asked, Are you going to obey my orders? Perhaps, Kyra said, as if she didn't know herself. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say that again? Perhaps. Are you only here because Sindula doesn't trust me? No. Are you here because you don't trust me? Perhaps. Quell recalled her words. Can I interest you, you in throat logging, perhaps? No. I'm fine. You are my sister, but your crimes are not forgotten. Kairos had abandoned the deliverance and chased Quell to Natalik to judge her for her wickedness, the death of worlds. Wow. <laughs> Maybe, Quell thought, she should have been grateful the Ewing hadn't fired on her. She shrugged away her discomfort. A soldier may do with her resources on hand. Keys had taught her that. Yet there were hours to go before they arrived, and she didn't care to spend them all dreading her companion's wrath. How are you? Quell asked. There was a lengthy pause. Why? Well, because you sound ill, first of all. <laughs> I always sound like this. <laughs> Went through a lot on... She didn't know the name of the planet. Your homeworld, I thought I'd ask. Tenzin or Lark would have handled it more gracefully. She hoped Kairos would respond better to bluntness. Another lengthy pause. I... A sound like a half-form, like half-form words came from the calm. I am unchanged. I, sh- I shed what remained of my chrysalis. Oh, yeah. I have accepted <laughs> that I cannot return, but I am still not complete. I still do not know what I am. Quill rubbed her bruised arms through her flight suit. She thought of the woman's agony as she'd hidden from her people and didn't know what to say. She hadn't really expected such an honest answer. They were both silent then. Out of nervous habit, Quell ran another systems check and twisted her body to ensure that 4E could see her through the viewport. The droid flashed an indicator at her, and she was satisfied. She began to turn back to the console when she saw the silhouette of the U-Wing against the bright hyperspace tunnel. The transport looked perfectly still, surrounded by the blue, and she could see none of its details, not the cockpit or Kairos, 
or the crest of Alphabet Squadron. It was barely more than a black oval. It's stupid. She thought as she turned back around. She doesn't need to hear it. But she spoke anyway. What if you are still healing? Qual asked. Kairos didn't answer. What if it's just different? What if your ship is a kind of chrysalis too? Quell let out a long breath when the words had left her. She tried her best. Perhaps. Kairos. And then we're going to skip the rest of the chapter. <laughs> nope. No, we're not. I always the conversationalist that the phrase, what remained of my chrysalis in that <laughs> voice ever again. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Look, she's, look, it was, look, like she's described as like kind of gurgling and I didn't want like gurgle. So we're going for weird whispering instead. <laughs> So it went for demon possessed. Cool. No, demon possessed is tigress. Tigress. <laughs> <laughs> that was one hundred percent tigress. <laughs> we just go with a cre- creep, very creepy. Um. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh no, Will Lark is doing something stupid. Probably. Surprise! He's- surprise! <laughs> a what a shock! I like how by the end of this book, Will and Naf just 100% traded places. Yeah. I have things to say about that, but we'll. Um, yeah. He's just finished a call with an elder from home, which had been good. He's less sure that the next thing is going to be as good. Mm-hmm. His A Wing, the only starfighter he'd flown since joining the rebellion, is gone now. But his body is fully healed and he's got some good, he's had some good rest time and thinking time, which maybe wasn't so great. He can't help thinking about Keys trying to escape the war and his failure didn't make that wrong. Oh boy. <laughs> there are a dozen pilots awaiting him in the ready room when he arrives. And I'm going to read all of this apparently. <clears throat> Isavin, oh yeah, it's another reason for names, I think. Isavin, flair leader, whose interactions with Will had always been about combat and little else. Dennis Rave, Wild Leader, the ancient figure who had flown with Will in the tunnels of Troy. Boyvik Toons, the highest-ranking survivor of Hale Squadron, who'd fought along with Alphabet at Pandem 9, Cerberon, and a smattering of pilots from all three squadrons who had taken the comm during the downtime at Chidawa, when they'd been speaking to Shadowwing-like people. Fatal was among them and sat closest to the front. Got a lot of good names in there. Oh, fuck, I love Fred. <clears throat> Hera's got another meeting and told them to start without her. Well, gets started. This isn't a briefing. Will won't be joining the attack, and he's not sure there should be an attack at all. The Empire has fled to a desert world in a nowhere system, and they're just trying to survive. If they go in, who are they helping? What are they doing other than killing other people? More people, even. He asks if now isn't the time to put our weapons aside and sue for peace. What is? <laughs> well, I swear to fucking God, don't do this shit again. <laughs> Uh, he why says, is he so dumb? Why is he? <sighs> he says, we've saved as many lives as we can save, but the war ended. It's time to walk away. His pilots wait for him to say more, but when he doesn't, they slowly get up and leave one by one. Fatal is the first to leave. This is the most awkward thing I've does. ever read. <laughs> like, yeah. Will gives us a passion speech. It's like clearly a hot take and everyone just like, Everyone respects him too much to tell him he's a fucking idiot. So they just they leave. literally just, they don't say anything. They just sort of stand up and shuffle out. And you notice that awkward science of like chairs scraping yeah. against the ground, like yeah. one by one. Someone coughs in the background. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, he knew this wouldn't work, but he had to try. Chess lingers at the door, but Nath urges her out. And I'm sorry, we're getting another dramatic reading between Will and Nath. That was something. Nath said. I had to try. Nath grunted and studied the closed door. When he faced Will again, his expression had become a mask of compressed grief and fury. He crossed to Will in three long strides and hauled the smaller man to his feet, holding Will aloft for an instant, then shoving him away. Will stumbled and rebalanced as Nath roared. Didn't want to fight here. Why the hell didn't you go with Quell? Will attempted to answer, but Nath shook his head and smacked his palm against Will's chest, shoving him back. You think the Deliverance is going to turn around, find some nice world where we can drop you off before we hit your coup? You already volunteered to risk your life in this battle. Fly or don't fly, you can still end up a dead man. Nath was panting for breath. Will steadied himself before. Some of these lines came straight out of Meg's fanfic, but again, Listen, that, mon- that Listen, monkey's paw is curling. The scene, the, scene, <laughs> oh, the scene could have been so hot. Yeah. <laughs> if only they he weren't talking. Him. He left it him. <laughs> Fucking Shadowson built up Nath's size this entire time to get to this scene, and yep. it's just to beat up Will. Yep. I'm disappointed. Uh, the freed, the monk, monk freed paw. All of it. <laughs> I. Mm. Nath was panting for breath. But Will steadied himself before he could be shoved again. I still have a place here. Will said. I'm not doing this because I'm scared. I can help the ground crews. I can play a role without getting in anyone's way. Firing a weapon. Nath said with a snort. Or firing a weapon. Will agreed. Besides, maybe it's not too late for someone to listen. He'd never feared at Nath Tencent, never felt intimidated by him, even on Troyth when they'd shouted at each other over Will's desire to strike an agreement with Shadowwing. But Nath's anger then had possessed a laser focus there was a rawness to his ire now. Will wondered if he was... Meg, are you okay? <laughs> this could have been so hot! There was a rawness was to a his rawness. ire now. I'm totally putting saxophone music behind this. It's gonna be so inappropriate. It's gonna be so inappropriate! Wow. We, read the room. Should we, should we start again from the top and just make it what it should be? Will Please wondered if he was seeing the pirate and Nath. The man who'd extorted and blackmailed merchants. He didn't think so. He didn't know what aspect of the man stood before him. Nath took another step and made a fist. Then he dropped the hand and swung around, pacing alongside the row of chairs at the front of the room. We're done. He said and half turned toward Will. You and me, we're done. I'm not going to keep trying. I won't keep pulling your butt out of fire as you started. And I won't point out the mistakes you're going to regret. You were part of the squadron and I always figured keeping you alive would keep me alive. But now... He shook his head violently. No, I was blasted. Generous was what I was. You and I both know it, but we're done. And now I've got to clean up your mess one last time. Will smiled, laughed, and they made out and made up. (laughs) (laughs) Will smiled, sadly, foolishly, not knowing what else to do. And the expression faded as swiftly as it had formed. What do you mean, one last time? He asked, because what could he say to the rest? I mean, two and a half squadrons worth of pilots just got abandoned by their commander before the flight of their lives. Nath shook his head again and spat on the desk. You think Sindula's gonna lead them out there? Maybe Chass? It's up to their damn metal-wearing hero to get any of us out alive. Who knows how? The rage had faded, replaced by bitterness. 
Will nodded carefully. They couldn't ask for a better leader, he said. He couldn't apologize. He was at peace with his decision. Get the hell out of my briefing room, Nath said. And Will left his mission, and his friend, and his lover, and the father of his children. <laughs> what the f- Danny. Behind. <laughs> Don't add children in there. That just makes it even worse. That makes it's it even so sadder. Woof. <clears throat> and Meg. So. Yep. Um, one, Nath is definitely the type of person where even if someone dumped him for something incredibly reasonable, he would still go on a tirade like this and make sure that he's the victim and <laughs> just make it really to like, they could have been friends still, but no, none of that for Nath. Bridges burned completely down. No bridges left. Saf, what are you eating? None. Okay. I was like, is that just a piece of dried fish? But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> something I would do. Um, so when I first read this, uh, I was in bed crying for a while. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah I was really, I was really mad at will um because I didn't right because my my first my first uh thing was like but your squadron needs you like these pilots need you blah 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 um but when you think about all of especially this shadowfall and then like will's reluctance leader reluctant leadership in shadowfall and everything that's happened up until this point in Victory's Price, it's really clear that like Will doesn't believe that there's an end to this fighting. And Will's right, as we've seen, because there isn't an end to this fighting. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about it in terms of like something I've discussed a lot in therapy. Uh, which is like who cares for the caregivers and like what are you supposed to do when there's never a good time to take a step back or to scale back um there was never going to be a good time for will to leave and there could have been better times but like Will also doesn't know that, right? Like, Will doesn't know that Jakku is going to be the end of this. Will doesn't know that the 204th is going to be the end of this. And he had to make a decision of if, like, finally putting what he needs in front of what other people need. And a lot of time, there isn't a good time for that. Um and so like people do like the people around you that you have obligated yourself to and the people who depend on you um, like they are going to get jostled and hurt by it. But uh, it's, it's something that I understand now that like will had to draw a line because there were so many times in which he should have been able to go home and, his loyalty out of the new Republic, his loyalty to his squadron um, prevented him from doing so. And now with his fight with keys uh, where he had almost died and where he almost had wanted to die, like he had to make this choice. He couldn't go through another fight. And um, it's, it's definitely hard 
on the troops, but like that was the only way that Will could possibly get out of this alive, I think. Yeah, uh, you said everything I was thinking very well. Um, I was also, I had a moment yesterday while I was writing notes. Um, it's, it's not quite, in, it's very soon, but Soren thinks about like how many Imperials he's killed. Um, and I, it hit me a moment that like Soren just, he's so used to killing people now, it doesn't, it barely even affects him. Um, whereas like, they're actually like, they're straight up killing people. Like if you think about it, like, fuck, killing people is not, <laughs> that's a big thing, right? Like that weighs on you. Um, and Will has killed enough people at this point, I think, and he can't handle another death on his hands um, because he's not fucking Soren Keys and this actually affects him. And they've they've made that point so many times. And even Soren, who just flies with him for that one fight, knows that about Will, that like this is not a person who is a, a murderer and yeah. can can be that emotionless and um like goal driven mm. to set aside like that he doesn't want to do this and Right. And I think also like losing his A-Wing has a lot to do with that as well was probably the final push of like his A-Wing is gone now. Right. Like you can get another A-Wing, but like knowing that his A-Wing. Right. And like knowing that he thought of it as kind of a replacement. um, Saravka. Yeah. Saravka is like you can't just you need time to grieve for that. You can't just be like, oh, just get a new one. It's like, no, you it was a living thing and it was bonded and like now things have changed and he's changed and like it sucks, but I'm, I'm glad for him that he's there and um, everything that comes after this. Yes. Argument about now, right now as we're heading to Jakku just makes me so mad because like that is, yes, I'm not fighting in a war. Yes, it's not the same one-to-one comparison. But like, that's the thing is like when you're in, you're committed to a thing that takes up a lot of time and energy, there's never a good time for never. you to leave. No, There will always be that sort of guilt trip. And like, if you're really invested in the cost, which you know Will is, like, you don't need those external, f- I was really mad at math. You don't need those external forces to give me that guilt trip because you're already giving it to yourself more than anyone else can. I was mad at both of them, honestly, <laughs> but also understanding both of them. Like, that's the thing that's so painful about these books is Alex Freed really writes them as, like, actual humans, not just, like, archetypes in a story, yeah. um, which means that their decisions they make are both hard to predict because they're acting like real people, but also very painful when they make them. Yeah. Right. And because sometimes like, you just have to walk away from things yeah. that you know are not right or what you feel are not right. right. And there's no, like, like I've had, like, a, like, I walked out of a job, right? In the middle of what was not a great (laughs) time to walk out of a job. (laughs) Sometimes you gotta. You gotta do it. I needed to do it. There was no like, okay, I'm giving my two weeks notice. It was like, no, I need to get the fuck out of here as fast as I can, you know? So there's there's never like a right time for this stuff. Right. And like Will wasn't expecting them to just be like, okay, you don't have to do anything anymore. Like he's still going to be helping out on the deliverance through the rest of this battle as unless he's locked in the brig for being a deserter um but like he's still committed to the rebellion he just he can't kill anybody anymore and like that's kind of a uh we get we see that a little bit in the x-wing series um or in some of the other books where like just the idea of killing people in ships can be very different than killing people in like infantry 
right? Because when you look at it, when you look at a TIE fighter, right, you see the TIE and you see the machine and you don't always automatically think that, oh, that's a person in there that I'm killing. Um, and like, you don't have to do this anymore. And like, there's no guarantee the war's ever going to be over. There will always be an excuse to like, keep working, keep fighting, keep killing and um, there will always be another war. There's yeah. always going to be another war in this fucking galaxy. <laughs> it's right. called fucking Star Wars. Don't they know that? The There's going to be another is, war. The thing about it, too, is you've already gotten from Hera. Like, Hera knows that this isn't going to be the end. But at the same time, she's like, I would like to raise my child. And right. I think I've hmm. done enough. And I think it's time to walk That's away. a legitimate reason to get out of it. <laughs> right. yeah. but like, and I look, hope she does. I hope Hera just child. is like, nope. Right. Like, look how much Hera has lost in that process yeah of finally feeling like maybe she's done enough to take a break um and that's just like you know it's really sad to think about like the one person that was telling Hera hey you need to like maybe take a step back from this is gone now because that's Kanan the one person that would was by her through all that and could have been like listen like it's okay we have a child it's okay you can walk away is no longer there anymore it hurts. <laughs> Kanan was, was probably the only person that really truly knew her. Yep. No. Yeah. It hurts. And like her kids, of course, know her. But at the same time, it's like they probably would have been like, yeah, Hera's like the strongest person in the world. You know, she'll be yep. fine. Yep. I don't think about this every day. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. We're fine. I'm not still sad about a TV show that ended four years ago. <laughs> yeah, I've never been sad about TV show in my life. <laughs> You've never practiced that monologue before. <laughs> right. No. Um, so let's return to Soren Case. <laughs> right. The TIE emerges from hyperspace and it's a rough ride. Soren remembers that Wisp's pilots had never complained about the docking ring, so dude's just being a fucking baby. He heads for Coruscant and receives a comm from a woman recognizing who he is and telling him to stand down and come aboard the Panaka. Soren points out the irony of Moth Panaka being instrumental in breaking his homeworld's blockade. Here's a story about me, Seth, I guess, and my reread of this book. At the first mention of Panaka, the Panaka, the ship, I got mad and made a note that said bitch. Reading this book again, I saw the name Moth Panaka and I thought, all caps, bitch, checked my note on it, and it was exactly that. Yeah. I am nothing if not consistent. <laughs> yeah. But also, how dare you? Panaka's the one from episode one, right? Yeah. Yeah, Denzel Washington. Yeah, he um <laughs> he stuck with the he did kind of a jar jar and stuck with the the whole thing and then became a moth. He flews it in when I said Denzel Washington. But I, said- I swear they hired the they hired the man in Hollywood who looks the most like Denzel Washington yeah, they to did. play it's Captain hot. Panaka. It's you said it, and I was like, "You said it, and I was like, I'm, that's not right." But I also couldn't remember who actually played him, so I couldn't argue." George Listen. Lucas said, "Can we hire Denzel Washington?" <laughs> and the casting director said, "We have Denzel Washington at home." <laughs> but it actually is, is a, It's a pretty good Denzel Washington. Pretty good. Listen, ended to your up, point about ended up working out pretty well, yeah. I must say. Yeah. To your point about Jar Jar, though, at least Jar Jar had the dignity di- dignity to die as a fucking clown. That's what happened to <laughs> Jar Jar. Hold on. Oh, no. Let's not bring this up. That means we have to go somewhere I don't want to go. Oh, and there's go. Chuck let's... fucking Wendig. 
George George ended up as a clown entertaining children. That's all. He, he was he became a clown what? in an orphanage for like war orphans on Naboo because he was like because he knew he played a he he knew he accidentally played a part in like accidentally he didn't realize what was happening and he played a part and in like because he put in the vote of no confidence for Palpatine and he feels real bad about that so now he's trying to help kids. Yeah, but also Arthur he's a fucking clown. Way too big a role in these chapters of Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Soren tells this woman that his mission is incredibly important, but she says he is not allowed to descend. They've been warned he's been compromised. She respects him and doesn't want, to, doesn't want him to force her hand. He transmits coordinates of the city district adjacent to the palace and tells her to evacuate it ASAP. The Panaka launches ties and starts shooting. Soren drops a cargo pod, then inputs a trigger code. The pod bursts bright with radiation from Shadawa particles stored in a special warhead. Clever boy. As he descends towards the planet, he muses on who warned them about him being compromised. But really, he knows, and he wonders if she's coming for him. She is. She is. She is. She's absolutely coming for him. <laughs> she's coming for you, buddy. So is Clown Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot. That's the plot twist. I didn't. Instead of Jar Jar Jar, it's Clown Jar Jar. <laughs> I didn't know that about Jar Jar Binks until tonight, and that's like the one thing I think I will remember <laughs> from this episode, is that Jar Jar Binks became a Make-A-Wish clown. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, should we do listener questions? Yes. Last week we asked very vaguely, what's the worst possible thing that could happen next? <laughs> Did any of us actually answer this last week? Or two weeks ago, whenever Saf did, because a lot of our listeners were mad at her for stealing the easy, obvious answer of Corn Horn I... showing up in part three. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. I said, uh, I said, Chas or Quell turning out to be straight. I think. Yeah. Okay, I did. Yeah. Um. I think. Go ahead. Sorry. The uh, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that Alexander Free doesn't share with us the x-rated version of that conversation between <laughs> will and nap i got uh, some bad news for you Meg. because i am owed i am owed it <laughs> i think the worst Seth, did can... you not write it Seth, did you make 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 okay make i will i will save you i will write fan fiction for this for you Ugh, thank you yeah or no meg you should write it if you want no to i'm gonna write it, it because this is exact like the 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 painful, like, heartbreak tragedy romance thing is what I do. Alex, listen. <laughs> Seth has a wheelhouse. And Heath, yeah, if you've read my Boba Fett fic, you know. Heath, Alexander Free created this problem, and Alexander Freed is going to fix this problem. All right. That's fair. That's yeah. fair to say I didn't start this, so I'm not going to end it. No. Yeah. Shadow right. Son, Alexander Freed, a.k.a. Saf, is going to yeah. take care of this. I wish I could I wish I could express facial emotions through audio, but I can't. So <laughs> listeners just imagine what I just look like. Yeah. Slightly think... guilty, but trying to look innocent. <laughs> like you're hiding a big secret about your true identity. <laughs> like winking, but in a really uncomfortable way. Yeah. <laughs> See, Trey. that's every wink, because I can't wait. Winking. <laughs> oh god. Um, I think my answer to this question is literally any member of the Skywalker family shows up. <laughs> we, just, 
we just don't need this to be part of that. It just doesn't have to be connected to any of that. I think the worst thing that could happen is we as readers become really invested in these characters and, <laughs> and the struggle that they're fighting for and the good versus evil. And then Freed in the very last chapter cuts to 30 years later where we learned that it was all for nothing because there was another war that broke out because they didn't do a very good job with this one. Wow, that sounds like it would be really difficult to process. Yeah. That would be hard. Um, okay, but what if instead... <laughs> What if instead Jar Jar Binks wakes up and realizes that it was, it was all a dream? <laughs> <laughs> if they even decide to finish to cancel Star Wars, that's how they end it. Wait, wait, wait. It was it's, it's, Jar know, Jar Binks, it's Jar Jar Binks telling a story to the kids. <laughs> that's the whole he's, sequel. Trilogy. He's acting it out yes. as a one-man show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, I know. I noticed. I noticed. Meg has now brought on her emotional support animal. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional support seal. Love and hollow feelings. So chalk is this year. Um, good answers. Tom the fanboy said, "Worst thing: the specter of grandmother tells Quell she will be visited by three ghosts." Will Huff Tarkin. Great. It does sound great. Will Huff Tarkin for Empire Day Past, Captain Dorita for Empire Day Present, and Brendel Hux for Empire Day Future. Quell flips again, shoots down Chas, Nath, Kairos then is killed by Will. Wow. Just I, At first I was like, okay, this is fun. And then you really just went in with that last line. Hey, what the hell? We <laughs> were going to have a fun Christmas a, carol, John. Took a dark turn. That is not, <laughs> yeah. Tom, I encourage you to reread Christmas Carol. I did not <laughs> end <laughs> with Ebenezer Scrooge's murder. Eat the rich. Don't okay. incorporate them. But now, now I'm imagining like current Kermit going wild on Michael Caine. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> Someone write the 2021 with, socialist with version Tiny of Muppets Christmas Kane Carol. Just to be Kermit just shit. fucking snaps. It's like Yo- Yo- Yoda beating R2 with the stick, but it's Kermit and Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm gonna Photoshop that. Um, <laughs> Please, oh God, thank you. Beaker, um, Beaker is choking him with the scarf that the original version <laughs> gives to him as a gift. It's like Avengers Endgame. Yeah, it's like Endgame. All the Muppets team up against Muppets. <laughs> Imagine the last thing you hear in your life is me, 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 me. I have officially vowed to make that the last thing I hear in my life, no matter what it takes. New death goals. <laughs> okay, to make sure the technique, you have to always have it playing, though, just, just to make sure. Anytime you're in danger, you just have to get it playing. Wait, hang on. I got my pepper spray. I got my beaker sound effect. Yep. <laughs> your pepper spray just makes a beaker sound effect. Put it all in Waldorf is like on your left, and Sattler is like, "That's your right." <laughs> <laughs> Wailing on Michael. K. Mm, the last it. thing I don't want to hear is Waldorf and Statler commenting on how I died. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely the only that's, thing I want to hear. That's the first thing you hear as you enter the afterlife. <laughs> Heckling your death. Yeah. Surprise! They've been gone all oh, along. Death hecklers. <laughs> Took long enough. Why do you think I'm so scared of puppets? This is why. Surprised you last this long. 
That's exactly what they would say to me. I love Uh, it. X-Wings in History said, Soren Keyes gets a Raylo-style romantic following that swears that he has never done anything wrong his whole life. Instead of blue butterflies, they put little skulls in their Twitter handles. You know, because of all the genocide. It's so okay, cute. no, he should have a little a little flame emoji because of sister. Oh no! <laughs> Somehow Just made the fire this worse. Emoji. Yeah, it was Seth made it terrible. worse. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm sorry, X Wings in history. You don't get a glistening Bodhi because we made your worst thing even worse. Oh god! I'm gonna put a fire emoji into my uh, Twitter profile, and nobody's gonna know what it means. <laughs> For a couple of days. Until, yeah. yeah, they'll realize soon. And then the five Only, people that made it this far into the episode will know the, what it means. The six people who listen to Rogue Podrin <laughs> will know. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> only X-Wings in history will know what it means, and they will get great satisfaction from that. Yeah, sure. well, this is just for you, X-Wings. This is just for you. Uh, Bentham's icon said, the story degrades rapidly. A Gary Stew with daddy issues named Kieran swooping in. All the inexplicable inexplicably ever slender er ladies trying to sleep with him then the reveal that cornhorn found the gffa shadow sounds unfinished book and decided to improve slash finish it it's both a tired it was a it was all a dream reveal that robs us of all we've invested in the characters and we don't even get shadow sounds narrative conclusion we get cornhorn's loudly crying face Fuck, that honestly is the worst thing that could happen. Just the, every word of that made me just Loud shrivel up inside. Cringe. Every word of that made me cringe. Cornhorn's yeah, loudly oh. crying face sounds like a band that I listened to during my most emo years. Yeah. I, that does sound like something Dash- I would get in my Discover Weekly. They opened for Dashboard Confessional back yeah. in 2003. <laughs> right. It's, a, it's like, it wouldn't even be Dashboard Confessional. It's that one band that you're like, oh, I forgot about them right. until just now. And you go to listen to a song and you're like, ooh, yikes, what was this they was doing? Bad. <laughs> I was really depressed. Also, Dashboard Confessional was still opening in 2003. I know because when I went to see Green Day, they were opened by Dashboard Confessional in 2005. I see, I see. Okay, but I, I saw think, a dash. Sorry, was that a little too pedantic for the purposes of this conversation? <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> no, Meg's yeah. about to be pedantic too. Right, because I yeah, saw Dashboard so Confessional so in 2004 or 2005, and they were the headliners. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They, interesting. They were, interesting. Like, they were big I've never seen to, them. They were big enough to open at medium-sized venues yeah. at that time, but small enough to open for a band like Green Day. Okay, 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 okay. Meg, I would say thanks to Heath's knowledge here and your personal lived experience, you have been vindicated. vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> uh, Yubzi said, worst thing that could happen is the entire Darkness trilogy gets reintroduced to canon here. Yeah. But with right. the characters swapped out for Ab Squad members, so we don't even get, well, at least Jaina is canon now as a comfort. <laughs> that would be really bad. Yuck. I don't want I don't mm, I don't want these ones with the bug sex. I don't want that. <laughs> this bug sex darkness. The darkness trilogy is oh, bug orgy. Like no, that's no. what it is. Oh, no. I'm never reading those books. Exoskeletons <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no. I feel like that's just your shit everywhere. though. Like that's just Kairos characters all over the place. It's not. They're actual bugs. <laughs> I don't care what everyone says. Kairos is an actual bug. Okay, well, she's not. Not even, not even remotely humanoid. Just fucking bugs. 
and <laughs> just like going at it or getting it on they become part books. of the swarm like it's not it's terrible it's why terrible. did they let people write towels back in the day because it was nobody, a mistake nobody you know why because it got switched from bantam to delray and then delray had to do something more than new jedi order and so they were like bugs <laughs> oh boy Bugs because sex. George is crucible. Yeah, consistently awesome Del Rey is the, in 2021. It's like pretty incredible that their introduction into Star Wars was this. I mean, a lot of things <laughs> happened in Legends before they got. I don't. And, yeah, I don't think it was their fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault. They their they were backed into a corner here. Right. Like, what could you do after the weird crab organic aliens, um, and you know, what could you do after that? And you're like, I guess bugs. <laughs> How do you top the Vong? You can't. You truly cannot top I the Vong unless you're a bug. They're figuring it out. <laughs> um, a Star Wars themed hookah bar called the Yuzong Bong, please. Holy shit. That's going to be my Star Wars themed <laughs> weed store. Oh, I love uh, that Matthew so much. J. McKinney. I'm going <laughs> to... Like move us along here i think <laughs> said worst thing that could happen is if soaring keys and the entire 204th takes gallius rax's coordinates into the unknown regions and helps found the first order with no chance at intervention mm. that is actually yeah. that sounds like a thing that actually is going to happen in the last few chapters of this yeah. book <laughs> <laughs> and we'll Don't be like oh my god that's this. terrible and congratulations matthew for predicting it <laughs> Uh, Dylan said Freed finally includes Gadron and the previous Freed characters referenced obliquely in App Squad Club, only to give him a heroic sacrifice. Fuck, no! that would suck so bad. That would upset me so much. Oh, God. I love that your mic cut out, Danny, as you were doing <laughs> <laughs> Too emotional for the microphone. Try it again, Danny. No! <laughs> <laughs> Gadrin! Odie said, Victory's price ends in a cliffhanger that will be resolved in a fourth book called Back to Zlor. Oh, I was like, why is this the worst thing until Odie got to the last two words? <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. And finally, Jay said, the worst thing that could happen is you think of the answer to the listener question, Corin, but then one of the hosts, Saf, answers it during the episode you can't think of something worse i'm sorry jay come on jay i know you can think of that we are all jay this week i'll i'll never forget when i met jay at a con for the first time and i was doing this panel about women in star wars and somebody asked me like what's like a character from legend you'd love to see in canon and i was like mirax because i'd really like to see what she's like without corn horn and then jay walked up to me after the panel and was like that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) that's how i met jay (laughs) oh i love jay i love jay so much the anti-corn horn club yep me and jay are the not the founding members but we are like the we're at the top of the hierarchy yeah um gb to dylan for the the gadron reference yeah, uh, any... Did you say GB? <laughs> GB? Yeah, glistening Bodhi. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like GB. 
I was just trying to save us time since we're almost two hours into this thing. I would like to issue one, one listening Bodhi to Dylan Dylan. for the reference of Gadrin. I would like to Benthams because it was just so (laughs) detailed. No, I'm giving mine to Jay because it references me. (laughs) No, don't positively reinforce detail. Yeah, Ash, Ash, the more Bodhis you give to answers like that the more answers like that we get yeah but we got cornhorn's <laughs> loudly crying face and that's yeah, really yeah i kind of right. give it for that yeah right. i'm um, i'm giving one to jay because i'm referencing it and we agree on the hatred for cornhorn <laughs> um, mine goes to x-wings because it's too real <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um i am giving a glistening attack of the clones and again padawan braid to dinner leader because i know mm. he's finished this book so on top. we talked about it for hours the last time he was here dinner come seems, on man seems like he has a we lot talk about it for hours but book. can't answer a single listener response funny how that works um this week's question which i hope dinner leader will answer is What's one piece of advice Sheev gives at his productivity webinars? Let's answer that next week. Yeah, we always do anyway. Yeah, we so, always do. Unless Seth. you're me and you say cornhorn. Seth, outros. <laughs> you can take, send your answers. To... Huh. Which home? You can send your answers to our listener question to our Twitter at RoguePodron. Our email is RoguePodron at gmail.com. Our website is RoguePodron.com. If you want to subscribe to Palpatine's pr- productivity PowerPoints, you can find them on our Patreon at Patreon.com slash RoguePodron. You can subscribe via the RoguePodron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever the fuck any of your favorite podcatchers. I give up on this. You can also find us on cassette if you go to the right secret bookstore and say the right password. Random reviews on iTunes. Please, only, the, only the real ones listen to our podcast on cassette. Yeah. Find yeah. us on whatever the fuck you're currently listening to us on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I then a, that's where a, you'll find us. You already found us. I do have a thing that makes tapes, so I could theoretically make a robot. <laughs> oh my god, can we do that as a Patreon oh, tier? edition. For sale. We could no, put no, Ash's no, size no, noodles no, album on a cassette. No. Anyway, Ash, no, Ash, we're gonna do time the- is your time is more valuable than we're gonna talk about this later. We're gonna tape <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later. We're no. talking about this, no. we're talking about this offline. That is one of Papa Palpatine's. Yeah, <laughs> but- um, right, review us, right, and review us, right, and review us, please. Yeah, we it need doesn't to go take to very long, seminars, don't we? <laughs> we do, yeah. It doesn't take very long to review us, and we really love the dopamine, serotonin, whatever it is, the boost of the good feelings that comes from reading good reviews, and again. Give us five stars. Insult us in the text. It's fine. Yeah, but it's fine. Stars. I will. Any whatever you write, I have to read it on air. Say. <laughs> yeah, I have to read it on air. You can request voices. Just please, yeah. God, send us a read. Even the Tigris voice will do it. <laughs> I will do the Tigris voice. I will do it. Nightmare. Oh but shit! It won't, uh, it won't be recorded to cassette. No. Yep. <laughs> All right. So next time on Rogue Padron. Alphabet Squadron, colon, Victory's Price by, uh, by Shadow Sun Alexander Freed. We are reading chapters 20 through 22. This is going to be the second to last episode with these with, with Victory's Price. So that's, it's yeah, going to be for that. something. Um, so until then, this is Rogue Padron signing off.
Pash out. Pew 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 I wrote this entire thing on like I took the same pills before I started writing it, so I cannot promise anything. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. All I remember is that Damon said that me, me, Damon said uh, my Soren Keys bit gave them a nosebleed, so we're going good. Because it was sexy? Or like. No, I think it's just a yeah, line. I don't remember I need, it. I need wait, more wait, is wait. that why you usually get nosebleeds? You so, can get nosebleeds. Oh, and so turned on. No, it's because, oh, no, it's because they took such strong psychic damage from it that. <laughs> So, so in anime, up. anime nosebleeds are like a common Big horniness reaction of horniness. Yeah, um, that is not what happened here. <laughs> well, at least they're really into Catman Soren case. I don't know. I really, I really just thought this was like one of my like asexual moments where I'm like, is that a thing that happens? Okay, like <laughs> not in real life generally. Yeah, you no, know, it's an anime thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry it's, about it. It's an anime. Don't thing. worry about it. it's anime. <laughs> Ting. Okay, but but why? I don't know. Probably because they can't like show an erection. Yeah. Say, it's because the... they can't show anything else. <laughs> can yeah. they just make like make them blush or they do? No, because they, they blush, blush so, all the time. They blush so many for like emotional reasons. That oh, they're blushing they all the like, time. They had to be like, this is serious. This is <laughs> yeah. this is a physical sexy reaction. They're blushing out of yeah. their nose. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, women women will get them too, and like can't like show. It's not like you can have just like a doing or doing sound effect or something. Like, yeah, I wish yeah. that's what anime did. That would be so funny. <laughs> this character is blushing out of their nose. No, I don't like it. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Well, let's Did we start our podcast. <laughs> let's yeah. The cast. Let's pull this cast. <clears throat> How am I supposed? Okay. Just, I, it's up to your interpretation, oh mate. Oh my God. These notes became 29 pages long. <laughs> It's I'm for like, accessibility reasons. Tonight might be work. the second time I fall asleep and don't wake up <laughs> during a Rogue Padron episode. Right.